Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for attending today's press conference. Uh, at a time when there are so many uncertainties facing intercollegiate athletics, I thought that this would be a good opportunity to address some of those issues. Uh, who's got the first question? I got a question. Uh, Trent Cram from The Independent. Really? Trent Krim from the Independent? Are you kidding me? What's your question? Well, well, what makes you qualified to be a commissioner? And alive. That's the best that you can have at a time when, when we've got all these issues facing us, and that's the best question you have? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And really, who, who let this guy in? This is uh, Knutson and the Commission. I'm Mark Knutson. He's Carl Benson, the former commissioner of the Sun Belt the Mountain West, or excuse me, the Western Athletic Conference. See, we can't even keep them straight. The Western Athletic Conference and, and um, the Mid-American Conference. Uh, Carl, good morning. Good morning, Mark. And, How are you? Uh, once again, uh, happy football week here. Yeah, it's going to be uh, great. Not, not, not the first time that the uh, Mountain West has been confused for the WAC or the WAC has yeah. been confused for the Mountain West. Very but, true. Uh, and it goes to the territory. We'll, but, get, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute because you've got a great story about how that all unfolded. But uh, for the well, best of right. Yeah, I, I've got... I don't know if they're stories or, or history, Mark, but, uh, you know, what we saw on Sunday when the Conference USA uh, released a proposal that called for Conference USA, the Sun Belt, and the American Conference to come together and parcel out their member universities in a geographic uh, basis, right? Meaning that the schools that are in the Eastern Time Zone line up to be in the same conference. The right. schools in in the in the central part, and you know, those three conferences all have schools in Texas. They all have schools in in Louisiana. They all have schools in Carolina, and right. yet, you know, they're 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 stretched thousands right. of miles apart. Their, their footprints are all over each other. They they really are. They're right on top of each other. And and this isn't the first time that that something like this has been suggested as as the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference as late as uh, night 2018, before I departed to Sunbelt, I actually proposed that the Sunbelt and Conference USA go through this same exercise that Conference USA is uh, is is suggesting today. And it was met with opposition at that time by Conference USA, and it was shelved. And so we are here. We are three years later, and Conference USA is now suggesting it. Uh, at the outset, uh, the American Conference dismissed it immediately. Yep. And, as so did, did, and so did the Sun Belt. Yeah. As did the yeah. Sun Belt, which is kind of ironic that right. uh, you know, uh, timing is everything, as they say. But uh, uh, after those kind of immediate dismissals, Conference USA came back yesterday, uh, which would be Tuesday, October 12th, 12th 
and suggested that rather than do a three conference alignment, that simply the American and Conference USA put their 22 schools, eight universities from the American, 14 from Conference USA, mm -hmm. and do the same type of, of redistrib redistribution of those teams. And, and so that's where we stand today. As you and I have talked about this afternoon, something could happen that changes this dramatically. And by the time we talk again next week, you know, we, we have no idea what right. may have occurred between those three conferences. What's the objection from a play? Like the AAC shot this one down and so did the Sun Belt. What's their objection? You know, I called it uh, many, many times uh, academic arrogance, uh, institutional arrogance, uh, institutional history. You know, in my time at the WAC, I saw many times, you know, university presidents block uh, what looked to be, you know, uh, logical moves. Mm -hmm. uh, I suggested, recommended that North Texas join the the WAC back in the days when we were trying to backfill and refill. Mm -hmm. And SMU, TCU, Rice, and Tulsa were were members of the of the uh, the WAC at that time, and they blocked the addition of North Texas. Uh, UTEP blocked the uh, blocked uh, New Mexico State from coming into the WAC. New Mexico blocked uh, New Mexico State, Utah for years, Utah for years blocked Utah State. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the more recent, Boise State tried to block, you know, Idaho's entrance into the WAC. So it, it's happened historically across the board. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think what we wanted to maybe focus on today, let let the Sun Belt, let Conference USA, let the American try to figure their, you know, their uh, membership structure right. and what it's going to be. Um, and let's just take a, take a hypothetical look at the Mountain West. Now that the Mountain West has stabilized, that for the Air moment. Force, for the moment, it yeah. appears, yeah. Air Force and Colorado State and Boise State and San Diego State, you know, rebuke that invitation from the American. Right. Um, statements, declarations came out that the, you know, that the Mountain West is prepared to move forward, you know, as they are and to, and to try to get better. And what right. can they do to get better? And so as a commissioner, you're always trying to evaluate the landscape, assess the environment. And, you know, it's a common, common statement by commissioners. If there's a way for us to add a school that will improve, make better, make it more valuable as a television entity, reduce travel, you know, any of those, you know, those parameters that you know, when you evaluate, if there's somebody out there that can help us, yes, for sure, let's let's see if we can land them. And the most recent time that the Mountain West went through this was maybe two or three years ago when they made that run at Gonzaga. And it was done, it was done systematically. Um, and and it was met with some some real positive reaction. Gonzaga, unfortunately, uh, I think played it uh, a little bit uh, to their favor and used that that Mountain West overture to strike a much better deal with their current contra uh, conference, the uh, the West Coast Conference. But uh, but anyway, let's let's focus today at, at what, what what can Mountain West football and or in general what can they do to enhance their you know their existing membership that has a footprint. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a it's a pretty geographical, yeah. It, it, you know, 
if with Hawaii on one side and, and Albuquerque on the other and yeah. Laramie in the north and San Diego State, it covers a lot of geography, but uh, but it has historical, you know, it has historical right. geography. Right. And I think that that's an important piece that that no, there isn't this desire to go outside the traditional boundaries. Yeah, you, you've been um, an advocate for that. Even yeah. here on this podcast, you talked about how college right. football would be better off as a regional sport. And I think with the, with the changes that are coming in TV revenue, and they are coming, right, with, with different outlets and streamings and all that, and the AAC is going to lose some of that because they lost those teams to the Power Five. Regional rivalries seem to me to be more important now because attendance is going to be more important now because fan access is going to be more important now. If you're losing TV money, you got to make it up somewhere else, and that's got to be at the gate, doesn't it? And people don't that's, necessarily want to see CSU play East Carolina. Yeah, at, at the gate, and, and also there's there's another uh, piece, uh, economic piece, is you know travel costs. Right. Can you can right. you reduce travel costs, and not just for you know your football charters. Uh, you know, more and more schools are now chartering up for basketball, men's and women's basketball. And, you know, I always had the adage, if, if you can put teams on buses uh, and become that traditional minor league bus league that, yep. that you played in uh, Lots of them. Some, some, Lots someplace, of them. someplace in the country, Lots you know, you're going to save money. Uh, also, student athlete welfare. Uh, the number of, number of days that, that the student athletes are sleeping in their own beds rather than you know, then, then hotel beds is, uh, is always a, a piece of it. Uh, but, but looking at the Mountain West footprint today, uh, is there anybody inside the Mountain West footprint today that would make the Mountain West a better conference? And I, I can see one. Well, maybe two. If you got to probably have to go to do, do this in pairs, right? Because you need, you don't well, want any well, number of Remember, remember the Mountain West has, 12 football oh, okay. playing schools right. and 11 right. all sports or 11 men's and women's basketball. Yeah. If you want to be specific on that. So right. there's a, there's, there would be value. And I know that over the course of time, you know, the, the Mountain West has had that discussion about, do we add a, a 12th school mm-hmm. for basketball? And that was the, that was the, the, uh, the Gonzaga piece. Gonzaga would have filled, right. Gonzaga would have filled that need perfectly because it didn't have football. You didn't have to right. worry about, Right. You know, changing the, the football structure, there would have been a, a seamless, easy transition on the basketball side. But, you know, let me let me just give you some of the schools that that I believe are in okay. the Mountain West footprint. Uh, some of these schools are schools that I evaluated back when the WAC was trying to right. survive and, and right. looking at the, the FCS schools at the time. Uh, but there are two FBS, current existing FBS, in the, the Mountain West footprint, and it's UTEP, mm-hmm. a historical member of the and that, WAC. And, that's, uh, the one I, that's the one I was going to yeah, mention. Yeah. That's mine. And, and 40 miles up up the north is, is New Mexico, Mexico State. State. That, those are the, the two. Yep. Both of those are FBS uh, programs right now. Um, evaluating those two, neither one right now has you know recently been to a bowl game. Uh, neither one is, is averaging probably – more than 15 or 18 or 20,000 in attendance. Uh, UTEP has, has really fallen off the radar screen. Back in you know, the early 2000s, as a member of the WAC, UTEP was one of the few yep. non-Power 5 schools in the country that was averaging 10,000 in basketball and 30,000 in football. 
And, you know, and I believe that they made a dramatic um, uh, error when they elected to leave the WAC and join Conference USA in 2003 yep. or four or five, whenever that was. And, and since then, 15 years later, you know, UTEP has been floundering. Right. UTEP, oh, no, is totally been, UTEP has been on many agendas for the Mountain West over time. You know, every other year, every third year, you know, UTEP would make a, an overture to the Mountain West and the Mountain West athletic directors and presidents and chancellors would review UTEP as a member and, and they could never get they could never get the votes. You know, what I what I hear today is that that's still the case, that, uh, well, that there is absolutely no interest in UTEP. And it's, that, uh, it's that's short sighted. That's short sighted, Carl, because think about UTEP has a, brings with it a bowl game. Right, the Sun Bowl is played there. They, they, you could theoretically get a bowl tie-in if you had UTEP, like you have with the New Mexico Bowl with the University of New Mexico. Plus, you have the natural rivalries again: UTEP, New Mexico, UTEP, New Mexico State, CSU. UTEP, remember, it's been many, many years, but they get, they won a national championship in basketball when they were Tex Texas Western. There is some history there that could be favorable to the Mountain West. I'm not sure why they are so quick to dismiss that school. Well, again, and I, I I'm certainly not here today to you know to speak, you know for Craig or the, the Mountain West, you know, leadership, and, and I'm not going to, so I won't get into any of, of what might be the, the reasons behind that, except that, that I do know that had UTEP not left the WAC in 2004 to join Conference USA, had they stayed in the WAC and kind of plotted along like Boise State improved, like Nevada improved, yep. and they got better. Yep. You know, I had an adage is, when I was at the WAC and we brought teams in, whether it was Boise State or Nevada or, or existing teams, they got better in the WAC. And, and I think that UTEP would have continued to, to grow had they stayed in the WAC. And when the dramatic change happened and, and the WAC got out of the football business and the Mountain West was void of schools and they looked to San Jose State and they looked to Utah State, had UTEP been in the mix then in 2012, I think that UTEP would have landed in the Mountain West and would have been in the Mountain West today. That being hindsight, I think that, that in today's world, it doesn't appear that UTEP is, is on the radar screen, maybe on the radar screen, but it certainly isn't in the number one spot. Neither is New Mexico State, with all due respect to, you know, to the Aggies, you know, they, New Mexico is, is again, is one of those schools that, you know, does not want to be in the same league with, you know, with, with New Mexico State. But also at this juncture, I don't think that New Mexico State brings anything, which leaves then only the FCS schools right. that are in the footprint. And again, you know, we've seen FCS schools in this, you know, in this region go from FCS to FBS to be successful. Boise State and Nevada are the two good examples of schools that made the move from FCS to FBS and have become you know, very, very viable uh, FBS programs. You know, this goes back again to you know, almost 10 years ago, uh, we were evaluating, the WAC was evaluating all those schools, Cal Davis, Montana, Montana State, Portland State, Idaho, Eastern Washington, yeah. Sacramento State. Yeah, I mean Idaho now is, you right. know, Idaho made the Idaho is one of those that made the move from FCS 
to FBS, mm -hmm. never really was able to, to be successful. And I think is the first school and the only school to go from FCS to FBS and back you know, to, uh, to FCS. But uh, I don't think that Idaho is, is ready to make the, the move to, to back up to FBS. But again, they're, they're in the footprint. Dan Hawkins, former football coach at both Boise State and University of Colorado, he was now the football coach at his alma mater, UC Davis. And it is having some success has made it clear that, you know, that his aspiration would be to, uh, to make the move from FCS to FBS. So is Cal Davis uh, on that, you know, on that list. Uh, Montana, big win over the University of Washington yeah. back in early September, you know, a traditional FCS yep. power. Uh, mm -hmm. There was always this notion that, that Montana, Montana State were linked and that, um, that they, you know, they couldn't, couldn't make the move and, in 2012, Montana was ready to make the move to the WAC, and Montana State was not, and, and as a result, neither one of them went. So had Montana made the move in 2012, where would the University of Montana be today in terms of, of, of possible stature? Yeah. Stature. So, you know, is there is there an FBS, is there an FCS school? I would if I had to to rank order them now, I'd say that Cal Davis would probably be the most likely. To, to be able to make the move. You know, the Mountain West has, uh, doesn't have a, a UC, University of California member in it. It has San Diego State, Fresno State, uh, San Diego State, Fresno State, San Jose State, the Cal State system. Uh, but uh, Cal Davis would certainly, you know, be a, a, a good footprint, uh, you know, replacement, I think, for, for the Mountain West. Again, just an outsider looking in, I would certainly be looking at, uh, at Cal Davis. Replacement for whom? I don't mean replacement addition. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right, I thought you knew something we didn't know. Well, no, but, but I think that, that again, as the Mountain West develops their, their long-term strategy, you know, they, they have to be concerned about the status of Boise State. Certainly. Yesterday, yesterday the Boise State Athletic Director, Jeremiah Dickey, did a – on-air interview with some public radio, I think, in, in, uh, in Boise. And one of the few times that, you know, that he's come out and talked about Boise State and, and, and its possible Big 12 membership. And um, so I think that that is always going to be kind of in the, you know, in the back page there that's, that's overlooking. And so, you know, one of the, one of the reasons that maybe the Mountain West is, you know, is looking at, at additional members today is to, you know, is to uh, provide some, you know, some, uh, some inventory, some greater membership, a, a broader membership structure. But uh, is, that, uh, is that part of the commissioner's job, basically to look at, look two years, three years ahead and you know, plan you for have, contingency? You have to, you have to. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the whole Boise State move, you know, over the last 10 years, you know, people can't forget that, you know, Boise State actually accepted an invitation to the Big East uh, back in 2014. 14, you know, somewhere there. Uh, I think, 15. Yeah, I don't know what the what the exact date was. Well, they'd only they, been in the, they'd only been in the Mountain West for a couple of years when that happened. And yeah, that, they their first year in the Mountain West was 2011. Right. Uh, and I think it may have been the following year, 2012 ish yep. or so, yep. when when there was all kinds of movement when yep. Big East was looking for members because they had lost 
some more members to the ACC. But, uh, you know, both Boise State and San Diego State, you know, kind of said yes to the Big East. And there have been several times in between and, and even in, in uh, you know, January of 2020, pre-COVID, there was some serious conversation going on between Boise State and, and the American at that time. Um, it looks like maybe the American piece has, has quieted down right. and isn't going to resurface and they, they put that to bed. Uh, but the, that Big 12 uh, possibility, I think, is always going to be hanging over the head of, of the Mountain West. So what's the, what's the right number of teams in any conference, be it a group of five or a power five? What's the right number? 16 too many? You, you were involved with the 16-team whack. It fell on your lap back in the late 90s when you were with the WAC. WAC. Um, it seems to me 16 seems almost untenable. Uh, 12 seems like the right number to me, but am I wrong? Well, I don't think there's a right number in today's world. You look back historically and, you know, there was the, there was the Big 8 conference for many, many years, and they, oh, yeah. they operated as a, as a conference, uh, yeah. you know, for a long, long time. There was oh, yeah. the, big, the Big 10 operated, you know, as a 10-team league for a long time. The, the Southwest Conference was an eight-team league for many, many, many years. They started out at nine. You know, they lost Arkansas. They they didn't go out and, and add anybody when Arkansas left. And um, you know, I think that when the SEC made the move to 12, they were the first 12-team league. And that was in the early 90s. You know, and since then, we've we've seen now that, that, that 12 kind of became that magic number mark because yeah. the NCAA had a, had a you know, a, a rule – uh, who knows why uh, that you, in order to do a championship game, you had to have 12 teams. Yeah. And that's what drove the, the SEC to, to go to 12 teams. And then that's what drove the end of the, the, the CFA, the college football playoff. And, and the big 12 was created. Uh, the, you know, the whack went all the way to 16, crumbled to eight. You know, Craig's got it back now to, to 12. You know, could he, could he go to 14? Um, but, uh, you know, getting back to the, the possible Mountain West additions, you know, we've kind of exhausted the, those inside the, the current footprint right. and, and, you know, kind of highlighted Cal Davis maybe as, as a team that, that might be a team to watch. You know, there've been reports that the Mountain West, uh, has gone outside of their footprint and he's, and he's evaluating, you know, teams in the state of Texas that's been reported. And um, I don't know if, if it's been substantiated, but it's been reported. And I think as early as yesterday, there was a report about University of Texas, San Antonio being mm-hmm. on the Mountain West watch list, so to speak. But uh, Well, that would know, include Tulsa and Rice and probably not SMU, but Tulsa, Rice, uh, you know, Texas, North Texas. Texas. Texas State, North Texas. Texas State, yeah. The three Texas schools that would probably be on their list would be UT San Antonio, Texas State, and North Texas. And, you know, the Mountain West has been in, in Texas before with, oh, yeah. with TCU. And, you know, back in, back in you know, the, the kind of the era of, of a lot of movement, one of the reasons for expansion outside of an existing footprint was to increase the recruiting right. base. and and that Texas was such a rich recruiting base. And, and the, the belief was that if you recruited a, a kid from Texas, 
and and there was a school in Texas, you could recruit them away from that school by saying, you know, you'll get a chance to go back to Texas and play in front of your family and friends and whatever. I don't know if that holds true today or not, Mark. I really don't. Everything's on TV, right? I mean, every game's on TV. So, yeah, Yeah. I I think there's a little – that luster's been lost a little bit. But it's still used by by recruiters saying, hey, you'll get to go home every year, back to this place, that place. And it is true that, you know, the Pac-12 recruits California more than they recruit Florida and vice versa. So there is some truth to that. But – this all, Carl, this all basically comes down to dollars, doesn't it? It all basically comes down to what's good for us financially. And what people lose track of, they think all these conferences and schools are so greedy and all this money. But what they don't see, what the common folk don't seem to want to understand, don't, just don't hear, there's all these non-revenue sports that have to be paid for. You need to generate all this revenue so you can pay for your baseball team and your softball team and your lacrosse team and your track and field and all that. Yeah. Those, those football programs and some basketball programs fund everything else that's a part of that's a large part of the reason that money is so important here. Well, it's not it's money, but it's also in today's world in terms of how to generate and how to maximize your your media rights. Yeah. Right. And it, it's no longer your TV deal, it's your media, media rights. rights yep. deal. And the media rights deal now, you know, includes linear TV and the digital piece. Right. And and what conferences are are doing now and what ESPN has carved out with ESPN plus uh, you know, their digital, their streaming yep. is, is not only just a, a, an example here, a, a contract, a conference that has a contract with, with ESPN today, ESPN will agree to televise on linear TV fit. Let's just say 15 regular season football games mm-hmm. on linear TV. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. Those are the three mm-hmm. linear networks for ESPN. But in return, that conference has to deliver hundreds, maybe even thousands of other sporting events. Right. Content. Or yep. content for digital distribution. Yep. And that has become, you, you now are able to monetize it. Mm-hmm. And, and you can determine the value of it. And the more content that you can provide to ESPN, the more that they are going to pay you for those digital rights. Mm-hmm. And so a, a school, a conference of eight has limited number of overall content. When I'm talking right, about exactly. content, yep. it's baseball, softball, yep. soccer, Everything. volleyball, yep. it's even, it's, you know, it's wrestling, it's, yep. it's indoor track, it's, and every, every one of these universities has now been outfitted from a production standpoint to be able to, uh, to, to uh, video and to, to broadcast those events. Tennis, golf are all being produced in a fashion that ESPN could put them in their portal and put them in the you know, in the Mountain West portal or the whatever X conference portal uh, for all that content. So there is value now going, the more schools you have, the more content that you, that you can right. provide. Yep. So that is now a motivator that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the linear piece, but it's the digital piece that, that uh, you know, now can be monetized. Wow. I, yeah, that's, people, people don't see that behind-the-scenes stuff like you, you've seen for all these years. 
Carl, where's this going to go? These wrap things up today. Where, where's this going to go? Um, the Mountain West, I think, would in the perfect world would stay right where they are, but they understand that probably not going to, there's no such thing as a perfect world. It's not going to go that way. Um, you're in touch with a lot of people in a lot of different places. Do you think what the, what um, conference you say put forth could happen? Do you think the Mountain West is going to stay where they're at? Do you see, do you see the sport basically going more regional or continuing to go more national? I think first of all, it, it's going to hinge with, with the American. And if I had to predict uh, American today is an eight team league, right. and, it, and it reminds me a lot, Mark, of the of the of the whack that I was left with when the Mountain right. West was created. Right. I was left with four schools in the Central Time Zone and four schools in the Pacific Time Zone, including Hawaii. The American has been left on the Eastern Seaboard with Navy, Temple, South Florida, and East Carolina. Thousand miles to the to the west is Tulsa and Memphis and Tulane and SMU. So there is a huge gap in the middle of, you know, of, of the American. Uh, I think that they will add four schools, two in the West, two in the East, hmm. become a 12-team league. Uh, they could also maybe go to 14 and have seven in the West, seven in the East. Their inventory of teams is, is Conference USA, Sunbelt, you throw in Liberty that's out there as an independent that's you know, Army. That's Army's still out there. Army is a is a possibility. So I think that the American will will eventually settle as either a 12 team, two divisions of six, or or 14. I mean, heck, if if they wanted to, the American could go to 16 teams. They could find they could find eight more teams to put together to be a 16 team league. What would that do to the to Conference USA and the Sun Belt? Um, you know, we can yeah. save that for for another day. Yeah. So, assuming that the assuming that the that the American, you know, is twelve or fourteen or sixteen, then I think that that the Mountain West has to look at the American as their main competitor and ask the question: Are we better than the American as status quo? Hmm. As, th- a, as an 11, as in a 12, as a 12 team football league, right. as currently structured, are we better than whatever the American is going to you know, restructure themselves and, and re, you know, reestablish themselves? And because the Mid American, with all due respect, you know, they're the only kind of that, that's the rock of that's the rock of stability. Yeah. They, they, through all of this, through all this stuff over the last 20 years, they haven't moved. Right. They've they, been the stable one. They, they have. They've and, and when I was there, it was the most regionally compact conference right. Right. of any of the football leagues. They have expanded. They've gone into Buffalo. So right. they've gone outside their footprint and they've gone to northern Illinois. So they have expanded on the on the both the east and the west side. But the the other 10 schools that uh, that comprise the the Mac you know, three in Michigan, six in, in Ohio and one in Indiana, you know, used to be the kind of the perfect size. So, uh, but I think that, you know, again, I, I I think that the mountain West is in a, is in a good position. Um, You know, I think that, that uh, Boise state is a key, but in the meantime, you know, San Diego state has, you know, has, has continued to be a, a, a strong program. Air force is off to a great year this year. Fresno State has seen some some life put back into it. Yep. I think Nevada needs to to come back. Wyoming got off to a good 4-0 start. 
Um, so I think, you know, I mean, the, you know, the, the pieces, the pieces are there. Colorado State has had a little bit of rebirth and uh, I'll be uh, driving up I-25 in two weeks, Mark, maybe we can tailgate yeah. together. And yep. uh, my wife's a Colorado State alum and I'm a Boise State alum and we're going to uh, go up for the, Bo- for the Boise State game on October 30th. I, so. I will not ask you what you've wagered on that game. I think that the history shows that the Broncos, uh, you know, have, have a tough time when they come to. They uh, come no, to, uh, no, they don't. And, no, they, they can flip a switch and win. We saw that last time. Oh, no. They, CSU's never beaten Boise State, so don't even try to appease me with that stuff. Okay. okay. Um, Carl, it's, it's good stuff. This is really interesting stuff, and it's all good to know this as we look forward to what might happen and what hap- what the results would be of any more impending moves because it, it's just we're Next week I want to talk about the playoff and, and the access to the playoff because, again, that's part of this too is how do we get access to that big, huge money-making thing called the college football playoff? Will it expand? Will it stay at four? Uh, who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? So we'll talk about that next time. Sounds good. And, and right. until then, until then, all of what we just said may be different A week by this now. afternoon. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. Hey, Carl. Okay. Thanks. He's Carl Benson, the commissioner, the former commissioner of the Mid American Conference. I'll put them first this time. The Mid American Conference, the West Athletic Conference, the Sun Belt Conference. He's been in all those meeting rooms with all those big power brokers. He knows his stuff. You got to stick with him for information. We'll be back next time with another edition of Knutson and the Commission. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.